Hello everyone, welcome back to Honestly Hannah, a not-so-new podcast, um, so just a podcast, hosted by me, Hannah Coda. In this podcast, I share all my honest opinions about all things going on in the world. I'm treating this podcast like a diary, and trust me, I have a lot to say. Uh, Welcome to this week's episode. Okay, so I waited to the very last minute to record this episode um, because so many things happened tonight. You know, like the All-Star game happened, um, and then the Coveted, which is what I just finished. The interview between Meghan Markle, um, Prince Harry, and Oprah. Oh my goodness. So I'm just going to start off right now with the news and like what is going on in the world because I'm assuming that this is what everybody's going to be talking about tomorrow, which is Monday when this podcast goes up. Um, And I have just finished watching it. um, And this is Sunday night when I'm recording it. So many things were said. So first off, okay, so I guess it's been a couple weeks in the making, right, of... Um, well, obviously a long time in the making, but a couple weeks of anxiety about this interview, right? Um, it was aired on CBS, um, at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, um, and I believe 5 p.m. like East Coast Time, um, because I saw it trending on Twitter before (laughs) it was even like out here on, on the uh, West Coast. And basically, the first hour of it, so it's two hours long, it's a two-hour special, the first hour of it is just Megan and Oprah, and they go over some very heavy topics, and they kind of just start from the beginning of the day that they got married, and two billion people were, were watching, you know, I was watching, of course, like, everybody watches the royal weddings, they only happen once in a blue moon, so, um, yeah, and it's also just extremely, like, beautiful and elegant, right? It's every little girl or little boys or whatever you identify as, like, little story of the prince and the princess, right? But they go into it so deep. And then the second hour is with Prince Harry and Meghan um, of them together, kind of just going over the same topics they kind of talked about in the first hour, um, just like with him there. But like the main, and I'm going to say some spoilers right now, because if you don't know already, I just, I just don't know how you don't know that these talking points, um, have been said. So like the biggest thing for me was when Megan basically flat out said that the royal family or the firm, or institution, or whatever the heck you want to call it, because they kept calling it different things as if the royal family is not just the royal family, and if, for those of you who watch The Crown, you know it's not just the royal family. There are many um, comms, as they called it in the interview, many communication-type people that are in their, their lives and that are running this, basically a facade, right? Like a facade of whatever the heck is going on in Buckingham Palace. Um, but basically she just addresses that there was a conversation that they were concerned of Archie, who that is their child now, um, 
before they didn't know who they would be talking about, but that Archie, Megan and, and Harry's son, of what his skin color would be and what it would look like. Another interesting point um, is that they were going to take away uh, his right to be a prince, I guess, which is not something that they have control of, at least that is what has been, you know, said, you know, if you're part of the royal family, you're part of the royal family. There's no, if you get a title or not, that's not a question, at least I didn't think it was. <laughs> and that's what Megan and Harry say in the interview. Um, if you're part of the royal family, you have a title. That's just what it is, right? Um, they took away his right to be a prince. They want to, they did take away his right to protection and security. And yeah, they're just basically, the royal family is completely disowning them. Um, and it sounds like it is because of the color of his skin, which, Archie skin, which is just, oh my goodness, there's so much to dive in to this interview. But that is, at least for me, that was the biggest statement that was said, obviously. And then, she, you know, Megan gets into basically what, like, a repeat cycle of what Princess Diana went through. And as Harry states in the interview that they are, he doesn't, well, he doesn't want to see history repeat itself. And it's just so sad. And if you're all confused, like, if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about in terms of the royal family, you don't follow them, whatever, go watch The Crown. I know it is not a 100% correct like representation of what's going on in the royal family, but I think it's pretty damn close. Mind you, I don't know what's actually going on there. I don't know what the queen is actually like, but the show kind of lays it down for you. Of course, it's a, it's, a, it's a fictional show, but there's a lot of truth to it, especially the events that was th that were public, you know, the facts of like what actually happened. Um but yeah, go watch The Crown. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh but yeah, that interview was super wild. I was not expecting this at all. I'm like almost like shocked, like I'm speechless of what the heck just happened. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear the statement that is about to come from the royal family. It is about to be, I hope, one heck of a statement. I hope that they take this and run with this, and from here on out, they will be truthful. <laughs> but I mean, come on, this is like hundreds and hundreds of years of keeping things private and not sharing the truth. So why would they start sharing the truth, right? <sighs> I can go on and on about this interview. I really can. It was so interesting, so heartbreaking. Megan admits that she was very much in a suicidal headspace while being, it sounds like, seven, eight, nine months pregnant. Um, I just, like, couldn't even imagine, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yes, if you want me to talk more about this, I have I can do a whole podcast on like the royals, right? And the British monarchy, the crown, the royal family, Princess Diana, 
like, gosh, I could do a whole episode. And I'm so excited to see what's going to happen this week from in, in response to this interview with Oprah. But going on to other things that happened this past week, another really long story um, that happened this past week, but I do kind of want to comment on it um, because I think I have some knowledge of like the situation and I know this is not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but um, so I love YouTube, right? I love YouTube. I recently just got into YouTube. I want to say within like the last five years of my life and all of the YouTuber and YouTuber drama and this past week, if you if you don't know, which I know a lot of people don't, um, but to keep you up to date, there was some YouTuber drama, right? So for those of you who don't know, on YouTube, there is this group of people called the Vlog Squad, um, where <laughs> it's literally at this point, I think there's maybe like up to 30 members that have come and gone, and it's basically all surrounding uh, David Dobrik, right? Um, which David is not, I love the vlog squad, at least certain like people and members of the, of the vlog squad. And it's funny because David is like the, the head of this, right? So I'm sure you've all heard the name David Dobrik. If you haven't, please look it up. Um, David Dobrik is very much like the center of it all. He's the one I think that like really brought everybody together. And he's, I, what, if whatever you want to distinguish as more successful, he is more widely known, right? Um, but yeah, so that is, like, the Vlog Squad, and like I said, there's been so many people that have come and gone. Some of my favorite YouTubers from the Vlog Squad, I love Carly and Erin. Um, I love, love, love them. They are my two favorites. Um, I love Zayn and Heath. I listen to their podcast every week. Um, and yeah, there's there's just multiple members of the Vlog Squad, and they all do different type of content, but it's mostly, like, lifestyle content, right? Like, they mostly just vlog their lives, or if they have a cool video idea, they'll film it. Um, and just, yeah, like, th that's really all th they do, right? Um, well, I guess, like I said, there was a lot of people who came and went in the earlier days. It's more of, like, a group that has formed now of the Vlog Squad, but I guess this were, there was this member named Seth, um, or at least he was trying to be part of the Vlog Squad. He was in a couple of David's videos. <sighs> well, I guess he is now claiming that he feels as if he was sexually assaulted or sexually harassed by David Dobrik, and I believe he said Jason Nash, which is David Dobrik's, like, partner, like, right-hand man. Um, he's a comedian, and he is also on YouTube. He's a little bit older than the other vloggers, and, um, yeah, like, I, I, I used to watch Jason a lot, too. I don't now, but I, I used to. And he, this, this was, again, this happened back in 2017, but he is now saying something right now. And the reason why I'm bringing it up is because Scotty, or Scott, he is a member of the Vlog Squad, he made a video. And basically, um, it was not, in my personal opinion, it was not a good video to post. And he basically is just calling out the whole situation between sex, Seth's uh, sexual harassment claim, uh, sexual assault claim, and that it is completely untrue, and he's saying that he consented to all of these videos where basically Seth, what he's saying is the sexual harassment, is he was forced to kiss people, or people kissed him as a prank, and all this stuff, and Scott tries to bring up receipts about how Seth c consented to all of these videos, and blah blah blah, but honestly, Scott, it was such a bad video to post. You look really bad, and... 
there's so many elements to this situation like seth posting revenge porn of aaron like after the fact and was just trying to get back at the vlog squad and just so many things that were not okay and it's just like this whole situation is so messy scott like i just don't think you should have posted that video i don't think it made anyone else look good and he says at the beginning of the video the vlog squad doesn't usually comment on drama and tabloids and whatever but like this is sure for sure i feel like should have been handled a, a different way and the video kind of blew up and the vlog squad again like in topic of conversation and mind you this is not the first allegation of like harassment of any kind um, has been made against the vlog squad and that they're very extreme and they don't take into consideration like the damage they're doing which I completely understand there have been other members like I said that have come forward and said things like this um but Scott just like in reference to like what happened this week Scott made that video trying to explain that Seth did give consent to these certain things and you when you start talking about consent you start talking about harassment like there's just there are certain ways obviously you deal with it you know and I'm not trying to say that I don't believe Seth or anything like that specifically just talking about Scott's video like bro you should you just shouldn't have posted that video it made you look really bad and honestly the rest of the vlog squad because it's making you seem like okay, yeah, he gave consent for, like, the second, the third, the fourth, whatever times, but he still didn't give consent for that first one, and it's just, like, you were trying to make it seem like it's all okay, and this guy saying that it's not. So, it's a tricky line, but also at the same time, like, I think that, you know, this stuff in particular should be handled the right way by the right authorities and not over the internet, and that's my personal opinion. Uh, talking more about, like, YouTuber stuff and YouTuber life things, uh, Zoe and Alfie, um, posted that they were having a baby girl. If you guys don't know who they are, they are literally the OG, OG, OG YouTubers, and they've been together, I think, for 11 plus years or something, and they're announcing that they're having a baby, and it's just so wonderful. Like, they are, like, the mom and dad of YouTube. I didn't really understand why people were like, oh my god, you guys raised us. You guys are gonna raise a child. You're gonna be so good. Like, I don't know if I agree with all that, but I'm very, very happy to see that they're happy. Um, also, like, going on with, like, videos in the internet, Idaho's <laughs> children are burning masks. <sighs> Honestly, this just whole thing, like, I just hope that these kids look back on these videos one day and realize, like, yeah, this was a bad idea. I really, I just really, that's all I hope that comes from it. Going into sports, I know it was All-Star Weekend this past weekend for basketball, and a bunch of trades happened in the NFL, and then more announcements came out about baseball coming up because their opening days are coming up, and fans are going to be allowed in, and blah, blah, blah. Honestly, I'm not really keeping up too much with sports right now. I don't like basketball. It's not my favorite sport. I did watch some of the all-star game, of the celebrity game, of the dunks, and everything that happened. It just doesn't really entertain me. But honestly, when I, when we all saw Team LeBron versus Team Durant, I just don't understand, like, how is that a real competition? I don't know. I, I, I And don't quote me, I'm not the biggest person on basketball, like I just said, but, like, the lineup for LeBron's team just seemed a little bit more qualified uh, to win that game, and they did. In my opinion, pretty overwhelmingly, honestly. 
going into tv okay there's only one tv show that we're really talking about here and it's obviously wandavision if you guys follow me on instagram you guys have seen my opinion let me just do a quick quick review of this because i again i can talk sit here and talk about it for days i did not find it 100 percent satisfying do i think it was the worst series finale ever no absolutely not still great season finale but was I satisfied? Was I happy with it? Was I like crying at the end? No, I was not. And that's what I was expecting because it's Marvel. It's Marvel, y'all. Like I every every time I watch anything Marvel, I'm expecting to get a full story. Not just Marvel, Disney. I'm sorry. It's Disney. They have their best people working on these shows, these movies, these content, all the content that they produce like so we all knew, so again spoilers if you haven't seen the finale. We all knew, like, she was the Scarlet Witch, right? Like, I talked about it in a couple podcasts before. We all knew that she was going to have to find a way to defeat Agnes or Agna Agatha or whatever her name is now. Um, we all knew that her kids weren't real. We all knew that this was a made-up version of Vision. Um, and then that little scene at the end where she's, like, off in, like, some snowy forest or whatever... I was just expecting, because the way that she was talking about it in interviews, and when I mean she, I mean Lizzie Olsen, a.k.a. Elizabeth Olsen, a.k.a. yes, Mary-Kate and Ashley's little sister. I don't know how, I don't know how you didn't know that, but whatever. Um, Lizzie has been doing press for the series finales for, like, ever, and she keeps saying that she's in London filming for Doctor Strange, and it's gonna, WandaVision goes straight into Doctor Strange. There was no connection for me. I didn't need to know that information because I, I ended up being disappointed. And yeah, cool, like, she's, like, astro-whatever, and she's, like, doing the thing with her book and whatever. Like, yes, I know Doctor Strange can also do that, but here's the thing. There was no obvious connection to Doctor Strange, and as I mentioned before, Doctor Strange is my favorite Avenger. So that's why I was disappointed. think they could have done better. And also, like, is this a one-season show? I think it is. And also, what happened to other Vision? The Silver Vision, the one that's like actually his body, but it's not really Vision, and then Vision gave him back his memories. <laughs> it's so confusing. But where, where did he go? <sighs> and that, th that, those are my thoughts on the season finale. Was it horrible? No. Was it amazing? No. It was just kind of, mm, for me. Uh, movies. I watched Raya. Um, which is the new Disney movie on Disney+. Plus. Um, I did not pay for it. I will not share how I watched it, but I did not pay for it. And it was amazing. I did cry. So that was like a normal Disney movie. Normal Disney movie for me, it was amazing. It, it was so good. I'm not going to do any spoilers because I feel like not a lot of people watched it. But it was really good. I really actually liked the story. It was like a mix. It gave me very much like Avatar feels, like Avatar The Last Airbender, not Avatar the other one, like Avatar The Last Airbender feels, like the storyline mixed with like a little bit of Mulan, a little bit of The Lion King, but it was so Disney and I loved it. Made me cry, made my heart feel good. Going into music, um, Drake dropped a couple songs, thought they were all right. Nothing special to me, to be honest. Please don't come for me. Not the biggest Drake fan, but I don't hate him. I just think he's a little overhyped, in my personal opinion. I thought the album was okay. Again, nothing great. The song with Bruno and Anderson Pack, though, I liked. That one was really good. 
Again, the Grammys announced who's going to be performing. Harry, of course. Harry Styles. Yes, I'm talking about Harry Styles. He's going to be performing. And I'm so excited. BTS was like nothing but trending, but whatever. Go off, ARMY. Do your thing. But I'm just really excited that Harry's going to be performing at the Grammys next Sunday. So my next episode, I'm going to do a deep dive into these Grammy winning people because for some reason, I'm always shocked every year. But whatever. Um, just going into like other things that happened. It's Women's History Month. Um, and so please make sure to do whatever you want to do to participate in that. Um, I had a bunch of meetings this past week in my workplace where I attended and just heard other women's stories and appreciated um, them telling their stories, and it was really nice. Um, so yeah, just just wanted to educate that it is Women's History Month. And then another thing is that Texas, the state of good old Texas, uh, reopened 100% at a full capacity during a pandemic. Honestly, everybody knows that it's a mistake. Everybody knows that it's dumb. Um, everybody knows that their governor is fully vaccinated along with the rest of his team. So it's not like it matters to them if they open up the state 100% because they're protected. So, yeah, Texas, I in retrospect, in like 10 years when COVID ends up like coming back to all those adults that caught COVID because we didn't know it was going to be like the chicken pox and the shingles or you know, we're just, here's the thing, we're only thinking about COVID as in like 2020, 2021, and 2022. We don't know what this virus is going to do to us in 10 years. Just how shingles started showing up in people who had chicken pox. Um, so we're only thinking about right now and what's good for us, good, quote unquote, good for us right now, right? Let's give it 10 years. Let's give it 20 years. And you'll see why people were wanting to protect themselves from getting this nasty virus. Okay, so that's all I had in the news, and that was a really long one. So before we go into the next segment, I do want to give my little piece of advice um, from what of what I learned this past week. And what I learned this past week is to live every moment in every moment, because as I was preparing for this episode last week, um, I already knew what I wanted the, t the subject to be, which you guys can see from the title. It's reflecting um, of a year of quarantine, you know, reflecting on this past year that we had, what we did before we were really cut off from the rest of the world, you know? Um, and I realized, yeah, like, no matter what you're doing, no matter what's going on in the world, you just need to live to the very fullest because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I think it slapped a lot of us in the face. Um, write down what you want. Write down what you need. Write down what you aspire to be and then just do it. Live in every moment. Live like there is no tomorrow because honestly, it's really not guaranteed. So that's my little bit of advice. I hope it pushes you to do whatever you were waiting for someone to push you to do or didn't know you need the push, um, just do it. Like, as long as you're being safe, too. Like, if you're fully vaccinated and you're trying to figure out if you should book a trip or not or whatever, just do it. If it's for your mental health, if it's for the better of you, just do it within reason, right? Just be safe. Be safe about it. Be, be logical. Be compassionate about it. Um, but live your life to the fullest. And that's my advice this week. I'm now going to go in to really what this year has been for me. 
Okay, so before I fully start talking about this past year, right, and what it meant for me and so many others, um, I just want to say I don't want to look at this so negatively. I don't want to argue about mass. I don't want to argue about people's behavior, although I do believe some people may regret later the decisions that they made (laughs) during this past year, Um, or maybe they already regret them. All I really want to do in this segment is just talk about this entire experience, you know, from beginning to end. And I start, I want to start off with a question that I asked all of you um, on Instagram, which was to share with me uh, the last thing you did before we had to go into quarantine, right? And I just wanted to share some responses anonymously, of course, um, just to kind of see where we were all at. And then I'll go into where I was at when quarantine started, right? And this whole COVID-19, this whole scare of a virus, this whole scare of getting sick and potentially dying or a family member getting sick and potentially dying started. Um, So some of them were just kind of, you know, lighthearted and some were a little bit serious. So I'm going to just share some responses right now. So again, on Instagram, I posted, what was the last thing you did before quarantine hit? Here's some of the responses. Um, I was in NYC, which is funny because I did have a friend, multiple friends, that were supposed to travel on that last day, right, before quarantine really officially hit. So in California, um, it was literally this entire week, at least for me, that people were kind of talking about it. And then as the days progressed, right, um, it started to get more serious and more serious and more serious and more serious. And March 13th, it was Friday the 13th, is when everything shut down here, right? And it was like midday. And then it was like, oh, okay, so this is real. So the fact that you were, this person was in a completely different state, like just trying to enjoy whatever, I don't know if you were there for vacation or or whatever, family, maybe a significant other, Um, now that I'm thinking about it. It's just, it's a scary feeling for the world to literally be on pause and you're not at home. So that must have been pretty scary and you probably had to rush home or if you could even find a flight before whatever, what was scheduled. Um, So that's crazy. I don't know what I would have done if I was in a completely other state. I would try to come home, I think, as soon as I possibly can. This one kind of broke my heart, this response, but like also made, I don't know, just made me feel good too. Um, uh, The last thing I did was took my daughter to a, sorry, took my daughter to her first school dance. And it broke my heart because I'm like, wow, her first school dance. And then she doesn't get to see her friends, you know, or have any interaction with anyone from her school, probably afterwards. But it also warmed my heart that it was such a memorable, I guess, experience to end on. Um, I guess, in my personal opinion. Uh, Just interesting to see where we all were, I guess, at the very least. Another response was, I was at a roller rink on Wednesday, and again, I was at a bar on Friday. So Friday was that March the 13th, Friday the 13th, and you were at a bar, 
probably wondering if you should leave, <laughs> uh, depending on what was happening, right? Um, so again, another scary situation. Uh, this one for sure broke my heart. Um, and again, I asked all of these people if I could share it anonymously, but the last thing I did was I literally just saw my whole family together for the very last time. Um, and I know this person and they haven't lost anyone in the past year, but, um, this person was very, very close to their family as some of us, all of us are right in, in a certain way, but to go from seeing your family every weekend, um, or every week, or at least a couple times a month to feeling unsafe, seeing them even once a year at this point, you know, because we're all living different lives, we all live in different places, where they're all different regulations, you know, all different types of scares. And so that one, I'm just like, wow, like, we really do need to appreciate um, just spending time with our families. Um, and then the final one that I'll share today is I celebrated my birthday with an actual party with lots of people. Um, and that's like one of the biggest things I think is gonna shift for me when when all of this is over because I are like for those of you who know me or you know whatever have some sort of idea of me I already don't like to be touched or like be around a lot of people I get claustrophobic easily which is kind of ironic but I have a way of like dealing with it right but just the thought of like getting dressed for a party planning a party um dealing with the stress of a party right like and then having to host and like be around people and, you know, people obviously that you like, but still that that whole situation just gives me anxiety. And I don't know if anybody else feels the same way, but that's just kind of like how I feel. And thinking about that now, like this time last year was such a normal thing, you know, to go to a bar, to go to, you know, to go to a school for an event. Um, to be traveling, to be on vacation, to be hanging out with your family. All of this sounds normal that was very quickly, I think, taken away. And now a year later, reflecting on all of these quote-unquote normal things that have been our whole lives. And at some point, right, we're going to try to get back, hopefully, to like that point where we feel normal about all of those activities again, right? I just, it's hard for me to believe right now that I'm going to get to a place like that anytime soon. And I think everybody's kind of wondering that right now. Like, when am I going to feel okay at a party? When am I going to feel okay at a bar? Um, at least I have spoken to people like that. Some people are like already at bars. Some people are already like, I need to get back to my normal life. And if that is what's working for you, then that is what's working for you. If you have no fear, okay, again, be safe about it, um, you know, be considerate and compassionate of how other people feel about this virus, um, especially, like, if you have someone who is high risk in your family or if you have lost someone to this virus, you know, be empathetic, be compassionate about it, um, but if you need to get back to a sense of normalcy right now, like, also allow yourself to feel that, right? Allow yourself to be like, you know what, for my mental health, for my physical health, whatever it is, as long as I'm being safe and, again, being compassionate and considerate of other people, then yeah, I think you should try to get back to whatever you need to do to make sure that you're okay. But me personally, 
I just don't want to be in those situations right now because I'm not okay with that. Um, and I know a lot of people are feeling that and I just kind of want to mention it because I don't want anyone to feel alone, um, especially in these types of situations <laughs> where we have no one to talk to over a hundred years ago when this happened with the Spanish flu, you know, or influenza. Um, and how people kind of got back to that sense of normalcy. Um, so, or if they even did, or if they even went as extreme as I did, or, and multiple people did, um, multiple, thousands of people did. Um, but yeah, so I want to share now what the last thing I did, which was I threw, um, my friend a sex reveal party, which was a gender reveal party, but gender is a construct and sex is a biological um, characteristic. And so that's why I say it's a sex reveal party because that's essentially what you're doing. You're not telling the kid what the gender is. And we can have a whole argument about this. But again, if we're trying to talk about like science terms and like actual terms that doctors use and what they're actually used for, it's not a gender reveal. It is a sex reveal. And that's what I will be referring to it like referring to um when I talk about this incident so I threw my friend a sex reveal party because she and her husband were pregnant and I'm so excited and um it was a Friday it was that March 13th um only a handful of people were there and literally someone in the room don't know if they want to be named so someone in the room said guys, like, look around the room because I'm pretty sure this is the last time we're all going to be together. And it was kind of depressing, but also, like, like, it was, it's depressing now, like, looking back at, like, that comment. But at the time, it was like, ha, 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 very funny. Like, that's not going to happen. And it was. It was the last time I was in a room with all of those people together at the same time. And that was over a year ago. Um, Or almost about to be over a year ago. And it's just so crazy that that comment was made. And I remember we turned on the TV. We were watching at that time President Trump give a speech. (laughs) That's what you want to call it, a press conference on what was happening with the coronavirus. And all of us just kind of being like, whoa, this is kind of serious, you know. And then also being like, wow, okay. um, Yeah, so this might be the last time we see each other. And I've actually seen a couple of those people uh, since that date in specifics, but not not to the extent that I was seeing them before. And yeah, after that, I just remember being kind of scared, um, but mostly just wanting to do whatever the government was suggesting. We were going to be on quarantine. We didn't know how long. And at the beginning, it was very much like, oh, it's just a month. It's just a couple weeks more. And I knew from April, I think it was April 16th is when I like kind of made it public. Like, y'all, we're not, (laughs) this is not going away anytime soon. This is not happening. Like, this is not, this is not, we're not coming out of this at any point, right? Um, And I still say that, you know, just because we're vaccinated doesn't mean we know how long the, the life is, right? With this vaccination, we may need, all need to get vaccinated in the next six months again, um, to achieve herd immunity, like, I truly believe that by next Christmas, we will still be in a state of some type of quarantine, right? Um, 
and things are not going to be 100% the same. However, by Christmas, I think it's going to be way better. I think we're actually going to be able to join with family members <laughs> instead of just like doing a quick Zoom call. Um, and then as the months, sorry, going back to like my original statement that the sex reveal party happened the next couple months, it got kind of weird and like people were getting antsy and it's just like, no, we're going to be here for a long time. And then I got COVID <laughs> and my whole, and again, I was like nervous and scared, but not really understanding the full scope of what was happening, right? I knew people were dying. I knew people were sick, 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 right? But I didn't feel, it's one of those things, and I hate to say it, you don't know until you yourself are going through it, right? Um, then I got COVID in July, and I had it for honestly over a month, but my recovery process took about six months from the virus. And once I got COVID, I was 100% completely terrified because I had a pretty like moderate case. Um, I had all the symptoms plus more. Um, super, super sick for a month. I couldn't get out of bed. Um, yeah. And then I had to spend the next six months in recovery and not wanting to see anyone, not wanting to go outside, could barely go to the market. Physically, I could barely go to the market because I couldn't breathe. I was still having a lot of shortness of breath, um, but also like getting the social anxiety of being around people. Didn't want to see anyone. I barely saw my own father, um, my own partner, because I was so scared of getting COVID again. And then these past couple months, not that I haven't been as afraid, but I've kind of let go a little bit just in terms of the fear, right? In my schedule, I don't really need to leave my house a lot. And I do see the upside of it in, in terms of the vaccines and, and the willingness of people wanting to get vaccinated um, and achieve that herd immunity because we need that to continue on with our everyday lives or else... People are still going to get sick and people are still going to go to the hospital and people are still going to to die, you know? Um, but yeah, that has, this these past couple months have definitely been a lot better for me personally. Um, I don't know if anyone has shared that same experience, but I've been a lot more hopeful with everyone uh, getting their vaccines when they're supposed to, you know? Um, but yeah. This whole year has been a lot of reflecting, a lot of self-care for me. I mentioned in my first episode that I wrote down a list of things that quarantine and lockdown has given me, right? It's given me a lot of time to do a lot of reflection inside myself, to do a deep dive into who I am, what I want to do, what I'm comfortable with, what I'm not comfortable with, what are my fears, what are my anxieties, but also what makes me happy, what do I want to achieve, what are my goals, um, which has been super, super nice, and I feel almost like a new person in a very positive and good way. Um, and again, I'm going to say it again, if you are, and maybe it's a good thing that we can do this at a year, right? A year of reflection, just write down everything that you were able to accomplish this past year that you probably wouldn't have been able to if you weren't forced to be at home and inside, um, rather than having your freedoms to do whatever else. I really, really highly encourage you to do so. To write down a list 
everything you're grateful for uh, during this past year. You don't even have to title it like a year of quarantine or what COVID gave me. (laughs) Gosh, what COVID gave me. Uh, COVID gave me asthma (laughs) that I didn't have before. Um, But and a a list of other things that I don't even want to go down. But it would be really cool, I think, if all of you guys can post or at least share with me, please, like, DM me. Please tag me in whatever it is. Just write down a couple things that you're grateful for and what you were able to do this past year in quarantine. I think that would be really cool. If we could just all share our stories instead of looking at this as, like, a year of life that was taken from us, but a year of life where we got to slow down and actually think about the things that mattered or what matters most, I should say. Yeah. So again, please let me know. Uh, Please make sure to give me a like, a subscribe, a review, um, all of those things. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, this was Honestly Hannah.